0: To another episode of We're Talking, we're talking football with Chris Lano, former Cajun football player, former uh, radio analyst, former TV analyst. He's a former everything. So, but how you doing tonight, Chris? <laughs> a la, la carte, right? Exactly. Hey That's man, it, let's man. jump right in. I know you. I know you got a, a long day ahead of you tomorrow, and you had a long day today. Uh, but let's talk a little bit what let's let's start on the offensive side on the ball because really to me the defense uh was on the field like 42 minutes of of you know of the game and i don't think they played so bad i mean they didn't play a bad three interceptions one for a pick six um so let's let's go ahead i'm 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 here to listen because
1: okay, i saw let's, it but let's, i'll tell you what let, let's add lib you want okay. you want to do that let's That's... go ahead and just add but let's, let's do that. Let's, let's dive right into the ball game. We can go from one angle and just go kind of go off on a tangent about something else. Okay. And just go ahead and stop. If you want me to um, call an audible and we'll talk about another topic, but okay. So going into the football game, I didn't really like the optics of it as an 11 point favorite on the road, you know, basically kind of starting with a new regime with Mike Desimo and, and a lot of new faces coming in. So that part I didn't really care for. I was a little bit worried about that. And, um, you know, that, that's just, no, that's, that's, that's just another tale that, that we can discuss later on, but you know, the game starts and a, a little bit, um, a little bit chaotic in the way offensively we came out with a three and out. We had an early drop ball by Peter LeBlanc, who's let's face it, you know, he's got two drops now this season and they both come at critical times and you just never know if you catch that ball early in the ball game, just the the trajectory just changes and you just never know what may, what happens, what occurs after that in the ensuing plays. But Peter drops it. It's, it's now fourth down. You have to punt it over. And as we all know, the big, the big punt return by rice, it puts him back into our side of the field. And it just felt like, uh, Throughout that early part of the game where we just kept getting into a conundrum, just trying to dig our way out of it. Defensively, I thought we played very well. Um, I, I thought uh, we, we stood our ground. We, a lot of times we would bend, but we would not break. Um, and as you stated, um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, reiterate, 42 minutes on the football field in comparison to 18 for our offense, I mean, that will wear you down over time. I About mean, a fourth quarter, that, that, that becomes a load, especially when you're traveling on the road. And uh, But overall, I thought defensively, I'm kind of proud of the effort. I thought they played very well. What worries me going into the rest of this year, it's become a trend now in a way where we are not just reliant upon defensive and special teams, you know, big plays, but we've kind of been reliant on touchdowns. And, you know, that's, that's a trend you're just not going to keep up. You're not going to sustain that through the course of the season. You know, although that's that's been great so far in the first three weeks, but offensively, you just got to get something going. And I, there's got to be a lot of room for, for improvement. Rice, some may say they were an inferior team. Me, I think that might have been the best quarterback we play all year. Who knows? I, 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 I was so impressed with the way he stood in the pocket, with the way he was able to survey the entire field. He looked poised the entire time. He was composed. And then when he had to improvise running out the pocket, he did it at the right times. And I was very impressed with the way he ran the offense. And, um, you know, and McCaffrey at the wide receiver position, just, you know, he just looked like a McCaffrey out there. He lit us up. So, this whole notion about Rice being more inferior, I, I don't really know about that. I, I think they're a team trending upwards with uh, Tiasa Popo. And I know I probably butchered his name. Uh, I I was a big fan of his when he was over at Washington in his early college days. It's in his second year with Rice, and they know the offense very well. So, you know, I'm not talking about Rice, but I think that's an important point I wanted to make. I I think that's a good ball club, and I think they're going to get better as the season goes. So not a whole lot to hang your uh, heads down about it. There's There's a lot of game left to play. There's a lot of season left. You're going into conference play. You can you can write the ship back over again coming into the next week. And that's the great thing about this game. You know, no matter what happens week in and week out, you got another one coming in the next week. And we got to be able to overcome that amnesia and just get right back at it and get ready for a Monroe football team.
0: Let's go back, though, to a point you made first uh, about Rice. So they were picked 10th in conference DOA. But at the same time, I feel like it's one of those things that everywhere that everybody was picked was based on last season pretty much mm-hmm. and who they had, some of it, who they had returning. So I, I agree with you. I think rice is a better football team than we expected. A. I also think that, um, the McCaffrey, uh, I, I'm not going to say kid, the young man, McCaffrey, we hadn't seen film on him because he really hadn't been a receiver that long. And I think he, and he did what McCaffrey's do he got to the open spot and made catches. So, to all those points, but let me ask you, let's take another step back though, to that first series, you mentioned Peter's, Peter's uh, drop, which not, not questioning that, but at the same time we had a hold earlier on that series that put us back to where when Jefferson catches the ball, we would have actually been, had a first down, but, those are mistakes in my mind that the Cajuns didn't make in, in the past. or and, and, and it was the first series, so I'm not going to say it was a critical series. But at the same time, we came out a lot of times and punched people in the mouth, and we didn't do it on Saturday. Am I am I wrong
1: in thinking that way? No, and I mean, it's, it's kind of a lot of like what has been in the last couple of years with Levi Lewis. We've been an offense that started slow early on. It took a while. It would always take a half to get Levi going. And you know that that holding call. The the problem was, in comparison to teams in the past and what we have right now, we had the talent throughout across the board where we were able to overcome those type of mistakes and those type of miscues. I don't think we have the talent right now to overcome that. You've got to play clean, free football for the most part of sixty minutes. I that's my opinion so far of this team. Now, we'll, we'll see as we go along, as we get more data. But, you know, back in the, you know, in the last couple of years or so, you know, we, we had the ability to just line up and just come out and say, we're better than you. We're just going to show up and we're just going to take it to you. You know, if we make a few mistakes along the road, we'll be able to overcome that. This team is not like that. They're not. We, the, the experience is not as, it's not there as it, as it was and as, as it used to be. The physicality, the overall girth, I want to say along the offensive line. And defensively, although I think we're very good uh, in our first eleven, I don't, I don't think we have the linebacker play like we've been used to seeing in the last couple of years as well. With going back to Boudreaux, to Farad Gardner, and uh, Lorenzo McCaskill, and uh, so I mean, th- that's that, and that that's why I think it's very important we play clean, free football for the remainder of this season.
0: I, I agree with you. I think uh, w- without having that. Uh that size and strength uh, somewhat advantage in some games. I think you, you, you're you absolutely correct. I don't think we can afford uh, the uh, the mistakes and in the, in the penalties, especially. So, but, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you, you mentioned the, the slow starts as Levi got out to it. But one thing, and, and people scoffed at this, which I, I disagree with, but they scoffed at the fact that this – supposed made up stat that we scored where there was a touchdown or a field goal going into the half and then we turn around in our first drive coming out of the half we would score well that sets the tone kind of for the for the game does it not i mean
1: and no question is especially when you're on the road you want to carry that momentum going into the half uh, there's there's just no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, I think the big problem for us offensively is we're in an identity crisis. I mean, still, we're three games in and, Craig, I can't even tell you right now exactly what type of identity we are on. offense. Are we are one first team or we play action or we're just going to try to spread it out and try to beat you with our big wide receivers along the outside. Uh, you know, throw it in between the hash marks or, or hit the corners along the boundaries. I, I don't know. I don't know what we are offensively. I still think that's what we're trying to figure out. And I think once we figure out that identity, it just makes it easier. You could take it. You could take a deep breath going into each week because you know what you have to do to win a football game. And I just still think that we're trying to dig deep inside and just discover what is that. We don't know quite what that is at this point
0: is that a product and this is not because i hate the people that are banging on des right now but is that a product of this is new to him you know that he's still learning
1: this i'll say this there was a point that was made during the football game and it never crossed my mind about this i wasn't even aware of it but I think the first couple of weeks and you look at last week as the game was going on against Rice, you know, you can always question some of the play calls on offense and defense. And the point that was made to me, and I I was a little bit baffled by it was, you know, we're going into a year this year, where not a single coach on our entire staff has been a coordinator. Not one of them has called plays before. So there's growing pains. There's not only growing pains, of the product we have on the field. There's growing pains along the sideline. That's going to happen. And that's something we needed to expect going into this year. So I think you're going to see a lot of miscues along just, let's just say the coaching front of just trying to dial in the right situations to put our kids in and uh, the product on the field. I think, you know, we've, we've got some good talent in there to go out and execute it, but you know it's going to take a little while it's going to take a few more games where we can really try to figure out who we are get our get that identity back and just get that culture back that we built for the last four or five years
0: and that was kind of my point is is to it all as as much as Lamar Morgan has coached here before played here before he was not here last year so he somewhat doesn't know all the players in the in the game and not that Not that I mean, again, I don't think the defense played bad, but when you're on the field, 42 minutes, almost three quarters of the game, you're going to get you and I talked off the air. I think it was uh, up until the last series where where Rice came down and and scored uh, again. It was a one score game at the end of the game and the Cajuns are still in it. And I never felt like it it was one of those things that we were going to lose this game, but we ended up losing it.
1: Yeah, I made a comment. I made a comment during the game. You know, I, I had a couple AM guys. I'm just texting along the way. They wanted to they wanted to get updates. And I told them, said, so listen, if this quarterback for Rice was over at AM, I mean, y'all wouldn't have lost last week. I mean, I, and y'all could probably be in a better position. I was that impressed with him. I, I really was. You know, he he had great mechanics. He looked like he belonged, and he was dicing us up. He really was. And again, we'll see how Rice does from the remainder of this season, but offensively, I think they're clicking. So, I mean, I don't think it was a whole lot to be ashamed of defensively on our end. I thought we did a good job. We did a good job holding Rice up. Just offensively, you got to do something to sustain drives and keep your defense off the football field.
0: Yeah. I don't know the structure of conference DOA, but if I, I think they have a championship game. So, I could really see them in, in uh, UAB in a championship game, quite honestly, because I think both of them are playing well. And again, there are still nine games left in the season. Let's not, let's not make it like uh, Rice is, uh, is there forever and gonna be, is going to be conference championship champions. But they've got an opportunity, in my opinion.
1: No, but like what we're saying, they're a lot better than what most people are saying what most people think and this whole notion of we lost to an inferior football team. I just don't know about that right now. I don't know.
0: Well, let me ask you this. So is that how you felt Saturday after the game?
1: I thought the quarterback play could be the best quarterback play we face all year. It's very possible. I will, I will leave it at that.
0: All right. Let's look ahead then. Because this is one of those games that I really feel like if you listen to coach Robo show and, 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 and it, it was, it's different in baseball because you play every other day, every third day. And then on the weekend, you're playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you know, this team has got a week now before they play again, but coach robe used to talk about how you got to flush it, you know, throw away the game field and do everything. And I know the coaches aren't, I'm not saying they should either because they've got to find where they, where 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 we played bad but as players is this one that you just got to flush that and get it out of your system as a as a former player do you feel that way
1: well i think it's also an opportunity to exhale you know this win streak we've had going on a, a large part of the product we had last year you know everyone knew and i think even some of the players just in the back their minds they're young guys you know it, it's they're I can honestly say, you know, when you're that young, you can think prematurely and then a lot of them are probably thinking hey, it's going to happen at some point this year, just when it's going to be, let's just try to keep it going, you know, because I, I know that they know they're not as good as they were last year. Although, you know, that's something you don't want to believe, but just realistically, that's just the case. So obviously you didn't want it to be that game. You didn't want it to be next week or the week after or, or the week after that. You wanted to keep it going, but at some point, you just knew it was going to happen. It was going to be inevitable. And I think now the players can just get back to the basics. You know, get back to what got you to this point. You know, and, and think about the, the road you had to overcome, the uphill climb you had to make after losing week one to Texas a season ago. I think they can finally exhale. You can relax. You can say, okay, listen, we're going to make this about us. It's about us guys in this room. And we're going to block out all the noise. So I think that can help you, especially going into conference play, because when conference play starts, it is a clean slate. It didn't, it doesn't matter, and it didn't matter what you did in the past. You know, what happens ahead, it's live bullets. I don't really like to use this analogy much, but it's live bullets. Yeah. You know, here we go. Let's let's get it going right now. These games count, and uh, these games are going to be the ones that are set in stone or the ones that are going to really matter once we get into December. So for that case, I, I think, you know, I think the they got the right guy in in Michael Desimo leading them because he's been in these types of situations not only as a coach but as a player, and uh, I think they're going to be ready to go come Saturday.
0: Uh, I absolutely agree with you. It's it's uh, and uh, I hate to use another baseball analogy here, but I remember you know when we had a twenty-seven or twenty-eight or a thirty-game win streak against ULM every every year when I'd write the news, I'd be like, please don't let it be this year. Please don't let it be this year sooner or later it's gonna happen you know and, right. and, and to me it probably happened at a good time because i, I it's one of those things that uh you know you, you don't want to go up to monroe this coming weekend which we'll, we'll talk about here shortly w- with that wind street way, weighing heavy on you know you know and, and and no they're not supposed to think about it and everything but None of those, none of those young men wanted to lose last weekend. I mean, anybody who thinks difference is fool.
1: Well, let me add this. Let me add this uh, to to what you're saying, Craig. I mean, look at it from the opposition. Look at it from their perspective. You know, look at the target that was on our back with an opportunity for those guys to say we got a chance to knock out the longest win streak in college football. You know, and that's not the case anymore. I mean, so I don't know if that's bulletin board that has been removed from uh, the Warhawks, but. You know, that's that. And I, I think that played a big part in Rice's, i like to say, um, mindset coming in to play us. And the same thing with Eastern Michigan and uh, the same could go as well with Southeastern. Everybody wanted to knock us out. Uh, you know, it was no secret we had the longest win streak. You know, we did a great – I think college football did a decent job of advertising that. It was – you know, people follow social media. And I think coming in the, the weeks ahead – Whenever Louisiana was on the schedule, you know, that point was always made by the coaches. And I thought that was a great opportunity for those players to say, hopefully come that Saturday, you know, I was the one to knock out the giant and, you know, that's not the case anymore. You know, it's a clean slate, zero versus zero. And uh, you know, like what you said, you know, timing, not just in this game that we're witnessing now, but just in life, it means everything. And I think the timing of it, you know, you make a good point. I think it comes at a good time going into conference play.
0: And, and don't get me wrong. Anybody who's listening, not to you, Chris, or, or to you, but I don't ever want to lose. But of course not. sooner or later, it's going to happen. Let's face it. It happened to Oklahoma after 58 games or whatever their win streak is. You know, it happened, you know, it happened to, uh, you know, it, no matter who it is, it happens, you know. And there is no good time for a loss. So, but let's move on a little bit. We'll talk a little bit. Uh, I know, uh, you know, what are the opportunities here? Uh, again, I don't think the defense, I mean, I'm not sure how you can say the defense played bad, not you, but in general, how you can say the defense played bad with three interceptions and a pick six and, and, but, and, and we're on the 42 and a half minutes or whatever it was, I, I what, what do you want to see different though, to me, just to me looking from, and I don't, I watch the game in a different perspective of, of because of my responsibility in the radio booth. But, but for me, I, I I don't see us sometimes putting enough pressure on the quarterback. Am I wrong?
1: No, I think that, I think that's a good point. And I think uh, with the quarterback, you know, the ones we have faced lately, uh, I think the guy against Rice was a little bit more mobile than the previous two, so there might have been a game plan in place to so just try to condense the pocket, stay in your lanes, don't get out of containment, and don't get undisciplined to, to let him squirt out of the pocket and just kind of improvise and, and keep the play going. So that could have been the case, but you're right, though. I, I'm been, I've i been a little disappointed in the last several weeks of just as getting pressure, it, mostly interior pressure, right up the middle, on the quarterback and not allowing the quarterback to step into the pocket and make his throws, that really hasn't been the case. And I think the few times we've gotten pressure, we've been able to kind of been a little bit creative in moving Zion Hill Green along the outside in a in a five technique and keeping big, some other big guys up in the middle uh, like Wiser and and, and, uh, and other um, big uh, tackles that we have on board. But uh, but you're right though I, I, that has been the, as far as defensively the biggest. Disappointment, I think, uh, in zone coverage. Uh, you know, we made a comment after week one when we had this show that we just thought maybe we were, we were not calling a lot of calls on defense, we we're just trying to keep it very vanilla. But it's kind of been the case, you know, for the last three weeks, uh, as far as playing a lot of zone defense and these wide receivers and tight ends just kind of sitting inside these open areas in the secondary, just finding those open zone slots and uh, quarterbacks being able to hit them on target and extend drives, especially on third down situations. But uh, that's all I can really say about the defense. Uh, You know, I I think, again, you know, we've done a a pretty decent job of bending but not breaking. You know, but the tail of this game, Craig, you know, you look at the stats and when's the last time we've been in a plus two or just any team that you could think of has been in a plus two turnover margin along with the pick six. And came out a loser, and really, it just kind of felt like you were still dominated throughout the course of the game. That's because offensively, we've just been inept, we're just not able to get anything going, and that it's got to get better. Let's
0: move on to the offense, and I, I really think that we're that we're going to be hurt, although it gives opportunity for the other backs. I thought, uh, as much as I love Chris Smith, I think Jacob Jacoby uh, was was the back. I mean, and to me. Let's take another step back to to Rice. Um, I thought there were a couple balls on kickoffs, not all of them, because their kicker was pretty good, putting in nine yards deep, eight yards deep. But there are a couple of balls that are one or two yards deep. And I'm going, I'm thinking, Chris Smith usually runs those out. So I don't know if he's being coached not to run them out and they need him as a running back. But at the same time, let Chris Smith do what Chris Smith does. Let him return the yeah. damn ball. Am I wrong? Yeah. I got to say, am I wrong? I,
1: no, we – we matter of fact, um, a couple of friends of mine that I was sitting with during the game, we pointed that out. The ones that were kicked about a yard or two yards deep into the end zone, we looked at each other after the play uh, concluded, and we were wondering why did we not take that opportunity to run it out? I mean, allow – yeah, Chris Smith, I mean you can go back to the Iowa State game. We won the game on special teams. As yeah. well. I mean we played well on we played very good on defensively. We but we played very mediocre offensively. The special teams play is what changed that ball game. And uh, you just never know when that's going to come back to just really give you that advantage again. And I think there was a couple times Chris Smith that he could have done that with his return ability. You know, I, I like uh, Garrett, even on kickoffs. And we haven't seen a lot of him on kickoffs, mostly just punt situations. But why not explore that idea? Uh, I, I'm not sure. But,
0: he, he but you know. He se- did several times last year. He was back there. So, I, I, don't, I don't get it either.
1: Possibly. And, and listen, we're going into next week with Kabodi out. He's not going to be playing. Yeah. So, either that's going to be less opportunities for Chris Smith when he's back there and he's being coached And hey, uh, if that ball goes on the end zone, just let it go or possibly take a fair catch. If it's going to land around the one or two yard line. So we'll, we will know, we'll find out more later, or we might have Eric Garrett or somebody else back there, but I can see where the coaches are going to want to try to preserve Chris Smith, Nolan Cabody will be out. And that's going to be a big loss.
0: Well, I'm just hoping that, that Terrence Williams or, or Draylon Washington, take a huge step forward this weekend and, and do something uh, Again, I understand giving uh, Chris Smith the opportunity and the play. He's a senior. He's done everything right. He stuck around, but now it's time. Let's play football and give the guys. And 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 I'm not saying Chris Smith hasn't. If you're afraid that Chris Smith is going to get hit, hurt on a kickoff, then it's time to put somebody else back there and give Chris Smith a rock during the during the offensive session.
1: Yeah, nothing, nothing for me on that one. I, I totally agree
0: with. Okay. That. Well, you know, uh, I, I want to see better plays, not just from the wide receiver, but from the quarterback position, uh, I, I felt like, yes, there were some balls. There was a, there was a pass thrown to Chris Smith out of the backfield. It was thrown behind him and at his knees. You're not going to catch that. It should have been an easy five yard game, but at the same time, we've had receivers go downfield and stop and try to jump the ball mistimed it. I, I want to see our receivers better timing, catch the ball in stride. Are are you seeing the same thing am I seeing or or am I on the wrong page? I, I'm
1: No, you're not on the wrong page. The timing is definitely off. And I think the receivers, especially the big guys along the outside with Stevens Jefferson and Peter LeBlanc. You know, we, we've got to be better. We we need to be able to impose our will on these smaller cornerbacks that we're facing in this league. And that, that's got to change. It really does. I'm not a big fan of the fade route, but my golly, when you, when you have a four-inch size advantage against your opposition, and I want to see a little bit more of that, put it, put it more in a jump ball situation. Same thing with Johnny Lumpkin, you know, going down the middle with a big target like him. I think our quarterbacks, they have the talent. They've got the weapons that they need. I think the timing has been off. It's been very disappointing. You know, and I'm also going to throw something else out there. I think at this point in the season, we're three games in – You know, we have enough data to kind of understand what exactly our offensive line is about. And it's inconsistent And we aren't as physical as we've been in the past. You know, we haven't, we're not the type of football team where we can just go up there in a fourth and short or a third and short situation where we're going to say, we're going to go ahead and just impose our will like we've done in years past. And we, we felt very comfortable with that. Just going up there, we're going to line up one-on-one, you know what we're doing, but we're going to do it anyway and we're going to get it done. That's not the case anymore, and the, the point that I'm going with is I I feel like I feel like we need to start being a little bit more creative with our personnel on board, especially at the quarterback position. Why not add an extra man in there? Why not put a a uh, Lance lejeune or, or 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 a Zion Chris in there, the red the, the red shirt freshman, and run a run a quarterback power that, that way you have an extra man on the football field. You know, you've got a lead blocker, and I know Cabody's going to be out this week. You put a Terrence Williams uh, in the backfield as your lead blocker, a big back. And although they may know what you're doing, that is a tough play to stop. It really is. But you also have that passing threat to go along with it. And little wrinkles like that are coming in from one play, a couple plays, or maybe four plays in an entire game. I think stuff like that, you know, those big game-changing moments can really spark an offense. And I, I just really would like to see a little bit more of that, a little bit more creativity, especially with those athletic quarterbacks that we have on board.
0: I'm – I would love to see it. I mean, we did it last year with, we ended up putting, uh, um, well, it couldn't have been last year. I was thinking the year before with uh, Trey Regis putting him in the uh, backfield to run the Wildcat, which essentially means he's running, but Lance Lejeune would be, you know, that se- seems to me because he has the ability to throw the ball as well. You know, that would give a great opportunity to, 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 to open it up even if it's for a play or two, and that's where i would love to see him come in to the game as a receiver and then the next play move him to quarterback and put the other quarterback out as a wide receiver and that way you don't know that way the defense cannot come in and change the uh change the, change the defense you haven't substituted at that point so there's no way for the defense to say hey we want to substitute our big package into
1: Craig, you, you make a great point, and it, not until right now I actually thought about it, and that's a great point you made. If you put him at receiver at the play before and you come out in the Wildcat formation, at worst what that will do is a force a timeout on the defensive side of the football, and we know how big timeouts are. I mean, they come in handy late in football games, and uh, that's something that they will probably likely do, and, and even if you don't put them at the quarterback position – that one play he's in for, you're getting his feet wet. You're getting him a little bit more comfortable being on the football field. And maybe you can do something that you practice all week long at a little end around. It just kind of get him going. Find ways just to get the ball in his hands. He's too explosive. If, you, if you're like me or like Gerald Broussard, who's been at these practices and been at these scrimmages, he's our most athletic, most explosive player on the field with the ball in his hands. And I just think we're just wasting his abilities. And we're not, again, we're not asking for an overhaul. We're not asking him to come out and start a football game. No, the quarterbacks we have that we've been playing in the first three weeks, those are your two guys. You stick with them coming out to lead the football games. We're only mentioning, we're only asking just for a couple plays here and there in dire situations where you need to pick up that extra yard or those two yards, or if you want to throw in a wrinkle to try to confuse the defense, you put him in as a wide receiver. You got to do something to get him on the field because he's just too good to be standing next to us.
0: I just believe you've got to find a way to get your best athletes the ball and let them make plays, i.e., Chris Smith, don't let the ball bounce. I've got to believe that when he's doing that, he's being told that on the sidelines. I don't think that's a Chris Smith decision. I could be wrong, but, you know, and again, uh, there's there's just so many things that we've got an opportunity to do because I don't think this team is that bad of a team. I think we're we're a few playmakers, not even, we've got the playmakers, we're a few plays away from just, we showed that. You don't score 49 points in the last 25 minutes of a game without guys that can make plays. I don't care if you're playing lighthouse of the blind. That's 49
1: points didn't, and didn't Eastern Michigan have a big win this week?
0: They play they they got Herm Edwards over at Arizona State fired.
1: They got him they got him fired. And that's a big win in Arizona State. I mean, that's a quality football team. I don't care what anybody else says. And, and there's no question about it. And also, the big elephant in the room, Craig, that we haven't mentioned. And I think, you know, I think this this kind of goes to credit to both of us because we don't like to bitch and complain about this. We, we're not like others. You know, and, and truthfully, we like to give credit when credit is due. We've done it the last couple of weeks. You know, the overall that the officiating has been well. But if that one play gets called correctly, I, I will have to mention this because it would it possibly could have changed the ball game. Johnny Lumpkin on the whole thing call on the end around to Chris Smith on the on the critical fourth down situation. You know, we looked at the replay and something that you may not be aware of, Craig, you, you understand you understand it as well as anybody. When you're the home team, you call the game when it's a televised football game from a very neutral perspective. But at the same time, it's still their guys. So when we play at Cason Field. We have UL Raging Cages calling the game on TV, but they call it from a neutral perspective. So you understand that. Well, they had Rice guys who mentioned after the play, when they saw the replay, that's a horrible call. And Mike Desimo has every right to be uh, infuriated with it. And that's because Johnny Lumpkin, he did too good of his job. He dominated the player. He ran him back to where the the referee just got completely confused that that it was a holy call, which it wasn't. And I think that 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 was just a bad break. You're always going to have that one bad break per game, and and Greg, you know, again, we don't like to really uh, highlight this because we don't. You know, ultimately, it is us, it is the team that makes that that makes a break of or a football game. It's not the guys and stripes, but that's a one call. If you get it right on the field, it can really change the football game. And I think you know that that was a tough one to overcome. That really put us in a bad situation. And I just wish that was something we could have back.
0: Well, you you bring that up, and 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 again, uh, I'm Gerald and I actually talked about it in the commercial break, and I'm like, you know, we we, we both saw it a little different in the sense of he agree with, he agrees with you, and I agree in the sense that first of all, the running back was past him; it did not affect the play whatsoever. Did, and, and that was the thing. And I did not see it at the time until Gerald pointed out, to your point, Johnny did a great job, too good of a job. And what he did was he did what he was taught to do and finished the play.
1: He He drove the guy. He kept going. And that was the problem. And he's coached to do that. Yeah. And because of that, because he dominated a man who he was completely inferior, he was completely superior to. You know, that caused the referee to throw the flag. And that right there, it changed a lot. It changed the discourse of the football game, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. Well, Chris, I know you got an early morning and we started late, but I, I appreciate it. let you know, but before we go, though, I do want to ask you, do you have anything else that you want to say before it's over, before we close it out tonight? And, uh, and you know, we'll talk more uh, uh, about the ULM game next week, as we, as we look back on it, my hope is to have uh, both of the, uh, both of the ULM announcers on earlier in the week, uh, later on this week to discuss the game this week. But what, what, what's your last thoughts? I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. My last thoughts are this, and uh, you know, we didn't prepare for this. Uh, You didn't, you didn't mention you were going to ask me this, any kind of last thoughts I would have, but there is something that does come to mind. When I woke up Sunday morning, I felt great. I really did. I felt good. You know, it's a football game, and I don't allow 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old kids to dictate the way I live my life. Those guys, I know what they do week in and week out. I know what they do in the offseason. They work their tails off, and I, I could not be more proud of what they accomplished in the last 15 times they lined it up with the, with the helmets on and how they strapped it up, and they went they went about their business, and they played great education football. And I was just more reflective of what they have overcome more so than what happened, what transpired the night before. And I just want to make that point. And I think, you know, history can rewrite itself and, you know, you get another opportunity to play a beautiful game coming this Saturday. And I think these kids are going to be more than well prepared for it. And I can't wait to watch them play.
0: Absolutely. Chris, I think that that's an important statement in the, in the fact that uh, um, they gave everything and, and that's why we do this show a couple of days later and not right after the game so we can have time to reflect and settle down and for, and, you know, go back and watch it or just remembering what we saw versus what we felt we saw at the time. So, Chris, as always, I appreciate your time. And uh I hate that you have to get up early, but you know what? I don't, so I'm happy about that. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm looking forward to meeting with you next week, Craig.
0: Yeah, I started physical therapy this week, and i tell you what, they are whooping my behind, so it's all good.
1: Well, are you going this weekend?
0: Uh, I am. I'm headed up. We're uh, leaving about 1 o'clock. We'll be headed to Monroe about 1 o'clock. Game's not till 7, so.
1: Well, make sure you bring your binoculars. Oh, my God.
0: And, and my wasp spray.
1: And your wasp spray. Oh, you took it from me. You took it from me. Bring your wasp spray and your binoculars. <laughs> so I was
0: told, though, I was told because uh, I interviewed Mike Hamlet at the beginning of the year. And I don't remember if we talked about it on air. I said, please tell me you got the windows closed before we get up there. He said, no. He said, the wasps only come inside during the cold weather to stay warm. He said, you know, and it's supposed to be like 92 or 94 on Saturday. Uh, during the day so he goes he said you should be fine but i'll have a can of wasp spray. i'm bringing my own damn wasp spray i don't care so but he told me Definitely, they only yep. come in on site, and i'm glad we don't play them in november anymore so oh fun times chris i appreciate it and uh be careful we'll talk to you next week
1: anytime greg
0: you've been listening to we're talking tonight Craig Molosson has been talking football with Chris Lano, former Cajun radio analyst, TV analyst, and player. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it. Share it. Put it in your podcast. Broadcast it. Or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.